Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Through Our Eyes. I'm your host, Madame, and today we are going to be discussing something that is relevant to all of us because we spend countless hours looking at our screens every day. And as we do so on our phones, our computers, our TVs, we are subjected to a lot of content and a lot of media. Now, the norm would be that what we see on the screen is a reflection of what is actually happening in the world. And it's a reflection of our society and our environment as it is. But the reality of things is that it is not because a lot of people are marginalized and a lot of people are put aside and omitted when it comes to being represented in the media. So today we are going to be talking about representation, inclusivity, and education. Now, before we get into it, I do want to point out that representation can come in many forms, such as uh, movies, series, of course, uh, documentaries, but also radio segments, books, articles, newspapers, articles, um, photographs, all of that. So it can really take a lot of different shapes and forms. With that being said, please welcome my guest for today's episode. Um, I do want to say that we have been planning on recording this for months and it's taken us, it's taken us, it take, it's taken us a lot of time, but it's finally happening. So please welcome Medu. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, thank you. What about you, madam? I'm great. I'm doing great. I'm really happy that we are doing this, uh, that this is has it's it's finally come alive and makes me happy. Finally. Yes. Same <laughs> here. Finally doing this and let's get into it. So Mandy, how do you think the media shapes our perspective on the world and our views on it as a well? whole? I believe uh, the media and film industry can shape uh, not only our perspectives, but uh, cultural perspectives in general and attitudes towards, uh, for example, gender and other minorities. And when discussing media representation of various groups, uh, especially those we consider marginalized, um, stereotypes are often a primary concern. But sometimes breaking a stereotype doesn't go quite far enough. So um, the issue can be a little more complicated. So we can't neglect the fact that media can indeed shape our perspective on a lot of things and basically can build up an entire uh, reflection on uh, a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. I feel like most of the time, especially if it is discussing something that we don't necessarily know or a place that is foreign to us, um, we believe it to be an insight on what's going on over that. For example, uh, in movies, in American movies, when there is a war happening and they are in some Middle Eastern country, I don't know if you've noticed how it's always tinted in this yellowy kind of color. It, it's not as clear as yeah. it is when it's being filmed elsewhere. And as a kid, I really used to think that Afghanistan was a yellow country. That's Indeed. Just, that, that's just an example of how it did. But then, you know, growing up and consuming a lot more content and a lot more media, I 
personally felt myself being underrepresented because I am a hijabi, I wear the hijab, and a lot of the times when a hijabi is represented in any kind of movie or series or even book, um, they're not really, it's not done so in a positive manner. Most of the time they're being oppressed and they're running away from their family and they fall in love with this handsome white boy and give up everything for him. And maybe it is what some people are going through. And I'm sure that people are going through this and it's not to discredit anything of that sort. But I think we need a lot more representation in all sorts. And, you know, my example of being a hijabi and feeling underrepresented is only just an example because I'm sure there are so many other people who also feel the same way. Have you ever felt that way? Indeed, uh, it is actually a fact. Uh, media has this sort of power to influence uh, individual belief. So growing up, especially as kids, we would build up some assumptions on certain topics uh, that we don't actually realize until we grow up. And we basically just have this huge realization that this was actually false. Uh, we have been told this. Uh, whether directly or indirectly by just watching a movie or reading a book or just hearing our parents talk about a certain topic. And uh, it is actually very fascinating, at the same time, <laughs> terrifying how media can actually shape your perspective on like things without you realizing it. We could go, for example, to a film, uh, switch on the TV, tune into the radio, turn the pages of a magazine, for example, or even surf online, regardless of our choice of media, um, we would have a good chance of encountering, uh, let's say, stereotypes or gender norms or facts on, uh, on various topics that aren't actually facts. They are just assumptions. And uh, it is actually very, very scary. Yeah, definitely. I really agree with this. Uh, it is scary how much control over our minds the media can have and the content that we consume also do so. There's this one thing I want to talk about. It's, you know, when I was a kid and I, I am a very big fan of Disney movies and more specifically the classics. I just watched all of them as a kid. I would really enjoy doing so. And one of my favorites was Snow White. Recently, as a grown-up, I was just going over, and I think we, we were having this conversation together, and we realized how Snow White specifically just... There's so many wrong... So many things are wrong with that movie. <laughs> the first thing is just, you know, how gender roles are depicted in general in classic movies, but also how in Snow White we have the fact that women are women's biggest enemies because she is running away from women. And Snow White wakes up from this sleep or this almost death when she, get, when she gets kissed by the prince. And this, that's rape. Let's just call it out as it is. That's rape. He did not get consent to kiss her. He should not have kissed her, but somehow they get married and it's happily ever after. And as a kid, I used to think that this is how things were, that I was going to find a prince charming who would 
kiss all of my troubles away and sweep me off my feet and this is how it works but it almost teaches little girls to to give boys some entitlement to their bodies while there should not be any uh, consent is extremely important consent is the most important thing um, and so realizing this as a grown-up on how Snow White had affected my perception of relationships and love and society as a general uh, society in general of like being not being afraid of other women but not being surprised if I saw women backstabbing each other and it's the same thing for also like sleeping beauty she also gets woken up by the kiss and that is also rape and it should not be normalized I'm really happy to see that we have new trends in Disney movies with you know, we have Elsa, we have Moana, we have Melinda, who are just very strong and driven girls. And so I have a, I have a younger sister, you know, I'm her to death. And when I realized this, I really wanted to make sure that she did not get this distorted perception of how things were supposed to be and that she was only empowered by these movies. So I made her watch all of those empowering Disney movies instead of the classical ones and even when we do talk about the classical ones um, I would sometimes change the end instead of going like she was asleep and he kissed her and they lived happily ever after I would go like you know how in Snow White I'm going on a huge rant about Snow White Nibble. you know how in Snow White uh, she doesn't actually wake up from the kiss but she wakes up from how he pulls her neck like he helps her sit up and the um, like the bite of apple that she had eaten had actually, it was stuck in her throat. And so when he gets her up, it falls out and this is how she wakes up. Like this is the actual version. So that's the one we usually go with. And then after he asks, can I please kiss you? And she says, yes, they have their happily ever after kiss. You know, I don't know if you relate to this as a boy, but this is something that I had to go through as a girl, as a woman and it's a whole learning process still because we have to deconstruct all of the things that we are taught in the media and it, we need to be more critical about all of this. Indeed, yes. I mean, I love Disney movies. They have this uh, magical quality to them that spans generations and even the most hard-faced of people can find something uh, to enjoy, at least one of them. Mm. But they have some they have some very complicated uh, understanding, especially when it comes to gender representation and women in general. Uh, like the whole perspective of princesses and how cute and beautiful, perfectly shaped, uh, is very disturbing. However, uh, I want to talk about The Little Mermaid because uh, I think it is the most um, stereotyped uh, Disney movie out there. Uh, they somehow portrayed uh, The Little Mermaid as the one isolated princess trying to get someone to marry her. She even uh, lost her voice just to please or to go after men. And this whole uh, realization of how uh, a kid, literally a kid, is watching uh, this movie is and will definitely play a huge role in their understanding of what women should do. Because uh, as kids, especially for young girls, they will somehow find this 
like movie inspirational they will adapt certain understanding of what they should believe in and how would they act in the future based on these animations so yeah i believe we should totally uh be more critical and uh, watch out of what kind of topics or content we uh, introduce to our kids i like it i just noticed that in the little mermaid she leaves everything for him and she sacrifices everything for him even though he does not know who she is because see there is that disney movie version and there is the actual version like the the story that was written and in that version um for those who i don't know if you do you know of it do you know how it ends uh, I believe, uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall it. Okay, but, this uh, is how it goes. Basically, you have the little mermaid who is always, you know, uh, swimming up to the, she's always swimming up and looking at all of these um, boats and she sees humans and she wants to be a human and she falls in love with a human prince. Now, you have the whole thing with the witch where she gives her her voice in uh, return she gets legs and the thing is the witch takes her voice and goes and charms the prince with it because he heard her sing before and that's how he fell in love with her and the thing is I, I believe she only had a limited amount of time to make him realize that it was not that the, the, the girl with him was the witch and not her and if she couldn't do so before the end of that limited time, she would, she wouldn't, she would die, but basically she would like become ocean mist. And she does so because he does not realize that it's not the mermaid that he is with the witch. And she dies after sacrificing everything for him because he did not recognize her. And even when she was right in front of him, he was like, who the hell are you? And... I don't know when I when I first read this version, it was very, I was very taken aback by it because after sacrificing everything she had, and after going so far into it, she dies and she loses everything because her happiness in her whole life was on this other person, which it should never be. But that's a debate for another day. <laughs> You're you are your own happiness and you are your own person, Mabel. Did you know of this ending? How do you feel knowing that she dies at the end? I have always thought the, the little moment ended in a very happy, you know, soothing ending. But looking at the story, <laughs> I am uh, done. So, uh, yeah, uh, like generally watching it, you would have this beautiful realization that, okay, this is a beautiful ending, but when you actually take a deeper look at how things are going, um, yeah, it is indeed very, uh, very <laughs> scary. It is, yeah. Actually, I remember this one uh, Korean drama that I watched not too long ago. It's called Dite One Class. That, that drama was just it was extremely inclusive compared to all of the other dramas because K-dramas are known for being very sappy but also conservative when it comes to some specific things and it had a transgender person as well as a black Korean character 
Now, you always have foreigners in, in K-dramas and they're always, you know, European, American, all of that. But in this case specifically, he was half uh, Korean from his dad's side and I believe half Nigerian from his mom's side. I don't, I don't exactly remember the, his country of origin, but he was both. And he spoke Korean, right? And so most people, when they would want to talk to him, they would start talking in English and he would answer in, in Korean and go like, I am a Korean person. I talk Korean. I live in Korea. I understand you. I'm part of you. And although the drama discussed a lot of other things, they had this beautiful segment of how he he really had to be very intentional about this and you really had to he had to fight sometimes to be recognized as a korean and it was the first time i ever saw that as a non-korean person um it showed me the struggle that actual real people go through and that drama still has you should watch it Mindy. it still holds such a beautiful place in my heart because it is it's good soup. <laughs> it's very, very good soup. Um, so yeah, did you ever have a similar experience of like watching something and seeing something being represented that you that you weren't necessarily aware of? Yes, I do recall one series. It's actually Modern Family. Uh, we all love uh, a comedian, uh, beautiful series. Yeah. So I actually really appreciate uh, like the efforts the of like inclusion it has been made in modern family as a series it's had this amazing representation of different cultures ethnicities and sexualities um modern family was a great thing that helped a lot of viewers including me realize that gay people exist and that many of them live in loving uh monogamous relationships as they raise children uh, especially when I started watching the series I was very young I was like 13 or 14 and uh, knowing that the sitcom debuted six years before same-sex marriage was even legalized in the United States so this is actually uh, very impressive and uh, yeah you love Modern Family so what do you think about it? I actually love it so much. I watched it with my brother this summer. Uh, he watched all of the episodes. I would sometimes watch one, one with him. And it's really funny. <laughs> it's honestly, it, they have it very, is. very good humor because most comedy shows are actually just cringy for me. I don't really like them. I feel like they're overdoing it. Like they're trying too hard. They... Modern Family was very effortless. And I do like the fact that they're representing so many realities for so many people. You have the, you know, you have the gay couple with their adopted child. You have the old rich divorcee who marries a Hispanic person who has a child. It's just very beautiful how they all come together and how they all coexist because I feel like now we've come a long way, but before it felt like we had those different realities, like the, the white suburban family could not really live in the same environment as, for example, you know, a happy gay couple, right? Or that, I don't know, the, the recomposed family with the, 
Hispanic migrants would not be as accepted by the others because of racism. And I feel like it has personally taken me a lot, taken me a lot of time to, to realize that racism does not only happen in our streets, doesn't just happen in our everyday life. It happens every single day when people are being underrepresented because they are being, they are being ignored by choice. Uh, and they are being omitted from the narrative, which is, it's very heartbreaking. And I'm so happy to see so many people reclaiming their narratives. Um, there's this other comedy show is called One Day at a Time. Do you know it? No, I don't think I do. Tell me about it. It's, it's wonderful. It goes through, it, it, it walks you through the life of a single mom who has two children and who lives with her grandma. Uh, they're Cuban. Her mom emigrated from Cuba. She was, I believe she was born in the U.S. and her children were also born there. But, you know, you go through their life. Uh, her, her daughter is lesbian. And so she, you have the whole coming out part as well. You have the, the kid, the boy who wants to pursue art and fashion. And you have the grandma who she is supposed to depict um, cultural norms and she was this traditional figure soi-disant apparently uh, but she ended up being the most acceptive one um, and this was it, it was really beautiful to watch because this show specifically it touches on a lot of very important points that we sometimes we sometimes ignore especially in the entertainment industry where and I understand this to an extent, the purpose of the entertainment industry is to entertain us, make us take our minds off stuff and not really, you know, it's a break from reality. And that's good. That's honestly really good. But then it cannot truly, how can I explain this? I understand that the entertainment industry is built on building this fantasy and you know, making us, giving us a break from reality. But to some extent, I feel like if this image that they are giving us does not really resonate with anything that we have, that we have in our environment, in our day-to-day -day life, we are going to be building these very unrealistic and unreachable uh, expectations of how our happy ever after should look, how our perfect ideal life should look. And I think this is where representation really comes in because you want to see everyone being happy. You, I don't know about you, but when I am watching a series, when I'm watching something, I like to relate to characters. I like being able to understand what they're going through, understand and feel it very deeply. And I am someone who I live in these stories. I mean, I've always been reading since I was a child. I absolutely love watching series and movies, series more than movies, um, because I, I just love that so much. And I like being able to relate to my characters and to understand their struggles. And this is something that I'm, we can't always do. And so one day at a time, they have like this perfect balance between helping you relate to them as individuals but also pointing out the stuff that we are doing wrong as a society and the stuff that we need to fix. It's a very good show. You should also really, really, really watch it. I will definitely uh, watch it. 
And I also want to highlight a point. We were talking about uh, how we basically should pick what kind of content uh, yeah. our young siblings and kids would watch. We also need to highlight and pay more attention to what kind of content we consume uh, because unlearning uh, some uh, perspectives and assumptions we uh, got from our parents and environment uh, is challenging, yet it is up to us to define it. So um, educating ourselves and as Generation Z, we tend to watch a lot of television, whether films or series. Uh, we listen to podcasts, we listen to songs. And this kind of content, uh, I believe we should pay more attention to uh, what kind of media and what kind of content we are picking and we are basically nutrition our mind. And uh, that's how we shape our uh, perspective of things and mm. our mind. Yes. Yeah, definitely. When I was a bit younger, um, I was, you know, on social media as a young teenager. You know how you, <laughs> I don't know if it's the same thing for boys, but for girls, we had this um, whole body image thingy where on the internet all of the girls were they were very fit very good looking and you would be comparing yourself to them um I don't know if you also feel this way as boys I feel like I know that body image is something that we all suffer with but I feel like for girls it's something that we talk about and it's something maybe that we experience a bit more um but I remember just always feeling bad after going on social media because I was like, I mean, this is not me. And I went through this whole detox phase where I unfollowed a lot of accounts that were not really serving me. And I followed true and genuine people who I could really relate to. And now even as I'm just scrolling on social media, I feel like I can resonate with the content that I'm consuming. I feel like this content that I'm consuming is something that I understand. It's something that I can relate to. It's something that brings in value to my life. And especially, this is something that I really appreciate with our times and how technology has developed. And you were just talking about podcasts and everything. I love how everyone has a voice now. Um, I mean, everyone not everyone has a podcast but a lot of people have podcasts a lot of people are sharing their thoughts on social media and we have we have been speaking up more which I really appreciate because it helps us see, see things from different perspectives instead of having a single one and it being the norm uh, people are claiming back their narratives people are claiming back their histories and I absolutely I love that your cool pro tip, uh, go through your social media and try to really surround yourself with content that lifts you up and that really serves you because what's the purpose of surrounding yourself with things that are only going to make you feel bad and things that you don't relate to? One, one thing I do want to mention is um, we have been talking about being able to relate to the content that we see and being able to understand it and being represented uh, in no way and absolutely no way uh, are we trying to 
discredit all of the people behind the content, all of their experiences. Uh, it is completely valid. It's just that representation is very important when it comes to when it comes to projecting yourself, because without even realizing it, every time we read a book or watch a movie or hear something on a radio show or a podcast, without even realizing it, we are going to try to associate that to something that we have in our lives. And sometimes you are not going to have that. Um, and so representation is very important because it helps you see that you are normal. You are not part of the you know, you are not an alien who's living on a whole other planet, but your life and your experiences are valid. And yeah, how do you feel about that, Majid? What do you think? I definitely agree. I believe we should uh, pay more attention to what kind of topics and contents we introduce to our mind, uh, moving from uh, visual contents, our series, movies, uh, music, podcasts and also books and especially books i remember growing up um, being terrified of reading novels i always like to read books that introduce you know uh philosophy and psychology but novels i i kind of don't want to uh read novels i somehow find it very um stereotypes in a way especially romance novels. So I tend to not uh, read those. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I, we, I believe we should uh, pay more attention to what kind of topics and content we introduce to our mind. And I do want to highlight another point when you talked about body image uh, representation, uh, especially for you growing up as a woman. Uh, for us, I believe we have the same issue. However, it is not as highlighted as when women uh, go through it, you see. So for example, uh, from a personal view, I grew up as someone who disliked to win sports. And for us boys, sports are very um, important, alleged important. Uh, growing up uh, thin, not wanting to engage in any physical activity somehow made me realize that I must have be less of a man you see and growing up and realizing that mm -hmm. physical activity is important for our health it is not or does it not necessarily determine whether uh, i am masculine or not so it has nothing to do with my masculinity but everything to do with my health i definitely believe it is something we need to uh, look up to unlearn some things we have learned and picked from our uh, surroundings and of course uh, try to correct certain uh, misassumptions to like siblings and kids so yeah yeah definitely we we do need to put in a lot of effort and be very intentional when it comes to unlearning the narratives we've been told because there is not just one narrative. And this is the beautiful thing about life is that there are so many ways to see it. There are so many ways to go through it and there are so many ways to shape it. So 
and learning that one narrative that we always hold on to and trying to see things from another perspective, trying to understand things from other people's perspective is something that we need to be very intentional about. And I feel like the world is changing when it comes to this. Uh, we are making progress. We are uh, valuing each other's voices and we are being more intentional about it, but not fast enough. <laughs> and I feel like... You know, it does take each and every one of us to educate ourselves and the people around us uh, for things to really change. Because as we mentioned it earlier, we can help our younger siblings notice these things that we didn't necessarily notice. Um, we can choose the, the content that we are consuming as well. And, you know, this is one of the good things about technology as it is and the apps that we have and all of this because we have we have a say over what we know, what we want to consume and what we don't want to consume if you don't like a piece of content you can either just ignore it uh tell the app that you don't want to see this kind of content anymore or just you know move on with your life and I like that because before especially in previous generations there was only one narrative I mean I think your parents have told you these stories of how when they were children, um, like they only had some TV channels, like they didn't have as many as we have right now where we could just switch and mm -hmm. watch and, you know, like, just like on Pazebe, they couldn't do that before. And this is something that I'm, I'm very grateful for. I mean, you mentioned this earlier, and I want to come back on it. Um, for example, violence towards women. <laughs> Here in Algeria, if you if you take a look at some some series from a, a few years ago, it's it's depicted in a completely normal light because it is what actually a lot of people are suffering with, and it's what a lot of women are dealing with. So I remember being very shocked the first time I saw someone just like randomly slap a woman, uh, randomly slap his wife or his daughter for something completely ridiculous, but it opened my eyes on a part of my society that I was not aware of. And maybe that's because I didn't grow up in this society. Maybe it's because I wasn't really subject to any Algerian content, but it really woke me up to this part that I didn't notice before. And it was helpful because it helped me be more understanding of the people around me, helped me be more aware of what's happening in my country. And yeah, bottom line is, representation is really good we do need to make sure that we are reflecting our environment when we are making content as well but we also need to make sure that we are diverse when we are consuming content because it gives you different perspectives go listen to a podcast done by someone who's from a country you've never been to maybe from a country you've never heard about because the world is so big there are so many people and there are so many narratives that come with it. And I personally really love that. I'm sure you will as well. <laughs> this is just me mansplaining this, the things to the whole audience, like you do this. Um, but yeah, personally, in my personal experience, I feel like when I listened to other people's opinions, when I, when I understood where they were coming from, it helped me a lot understand them and it helped me just 
be more conscious as an individual and be be more understanding of them and just be a better human being overall. So yeah. Yes, indeed. Speaking of Algerian television and Algerian media in general, uh, um, growing up watching specific, uh, let's say, shows, we don't realize at the uh, moment that the content is really messed up until we grow up and realize that when we indeed compare it to other content that made in other uh, countries. Um, I believe that gender stereotypes and underrepresentation in the media, especially for women, can contribute to harmful disrespect and violence, especially towards women. Because uh, the thing that we neglect is that children are influenced by gendered stereotypes in, uh, in media from a very young age, which can perpetuate preferences of gender appreciate content and activities. I remember watching this Algerian series uh, growing up and uh, through the series, we can't help but notice that it has a lot of violence in it, but at a certain point, uh, they introduce to us some romance. You see, um, Algerians in general wouldn't react or have the same reaction to romance uh, scenes as uh, like as much as they pay attention to uh, the violence ones. So they would basically just um, think that the violence is justified, but romance is not. And that is how uh, our understanding of women can be uh, shaped. And it is actually messy. It is crazy how Algerian audience believe that love is explicit while violence is justified. It is just crazy. Definitely, I feel like maybe it has to do with the fact that we are still, to some extent, a conservative society. Um, this is something that I've noticed here. And I don't know, it just makes me smile every time that people are very... How, how do I how, how do I put this into it? They're very discreet when they're in love with someone. And it's very innocent because just holding hands sometimes be like, oh my God, they're holding hands. It reminds me of what we would do when we were in, in middle school. You know how like we would see these two kids going around together and we're like, oh my God, I think they're in love. I feel like this is something I've seen on campus of just people being very, very innocent with how, with, with physical touch in general. And I think it has to do with the fact that we are still a conservative society, but I don't know. I, I think it's cute. <laughs> Although, yes, uh, it is crazy how we do see this as, how we see violence as justified. And I think that it has to do with the fact that so many people are dealing with domestic abuse that it hasn't become something that's like, oh my God, that's happening. But it's like, yeah, it's happening. Um, and I didn't realize how how much of it was until I moved back here and I, I, I got to talk to people. I got to, to meet people, meet relatives and understand that it is a very big issue that we are dealing with. And so maybe this does explain how 
how they react to seeing it on TV because they are used to hearing all about it. I mean, let, who does not know at least one person suffering from domestic abuse in their entourage? Didama, everyone does. Everyone knows at least one, two, three people minimum. And that's when they don't know a lot of people. I got here three years ago and I can list like five people at the top of my head who are going through this right now. And it's not to say that we are normalizing it, but it is something that is present in our society and there's no way of denying it. So we do need to take action and, you know, it's a whole conversation for another time. Uh, it's not something to be ignored, but it's also not something to be shrugged off and like, yeah, that's that's normal. It's not normal. <laughs> something needs to be done. Um, but yeah, I do think that we are still pretty conservative when it comes to love in general. Yeah, we are indeed. How do you think we can educate ourselves to be more intentional with this and to be more inclusive as a whole? I believe in order to get there, uh, we should start by educating ourselves before educating others. So uh, as we were saying before, uh, watching out of what kind of topics and content we uh, feed our mind is important for us to build uh, a healthy understanding of things and to adapt to the current generation current situation, the current realities happening in the world. And also uh, it, would, it would give a sense of um, relief and a proper way to introduce it to other generations. For example, our young siblings and uh, even friends when we are in a group chat or just like going to college or whatever, we would like open a, a specific topic and instead of uh, like going to this vicious cycle of uh, discussing that topic on the, for example, the local understanding, we would build a different perspective, a different understanding of that topic. And uh, also not being afraid to talk about stuff, especially the sensitive topics uh, in Algeria uh, is often very unlikely to find a group talking about uh sexuality in general or how we should be more uh respected sadly uh, normalizing talking about those topics is an introduction to change and uh, a healthier environment definitely yeah i feel like fear more specifically is i feel like fear is present at both in both parts of the minority and the majority, where you have the, the majority is afraid of the differences um, that may, entre guillemets, threaten how it is right now. And the minority is afraid of the backlash that they may get. You know how sometimes, and I think this is applicable to pretty, any pretty much any situation in life where if you have a different opinion, you are going to be a bit stressed out about voicing it because you're like, what if I get very negative backlash? So it definitely does come from a place of fear from both ends. And this could lead to violence where and it, it, history has shown that 
you know, wars have happened <laughs> over this about being about just people being different. I mean, we could go on and on and on about this, but once again, it's a conversation for another time. But I honestly feel like we should stop seeing differences as a threat and rather embrace them. I mean, this is the whole purpose of this podcast to really understand similarities and embrace differences and look at things from different perspectives because I cannot think of a single time where I did so and I talked to someone different and I experienced something different and I did not learn from it. So I feel like it's also about shifting our own perception of it. This one different person or this one different situation or this one different way of life is not here to threaten you in any way. Most of us are adults. I mean, people listening to this and having these conversations, we're all majorly vaccinated, grown-ups. We have, you know, brain capacity. We can think and we can take our own decisions and no one can ever force you to do anything. So if you are seeing differences as a threat, maybe it means that you are insecure in the things that you take for that you take as a norm. Maybe you don't really believe in them that much and you're afraid that any seed, like anything else is going to lead you to being doubtful and to question again. So maybe you should reflect on that by yourself. Like do some thinking about that, honey. <laughs> Mais honnêtement, differences should be embraced. And maybe this is me coming from a place of of like absolute positivity and, and imagining the world as sunshines and rainbows. And I know that it's not, but I feel like when we do embrace differences, we learn, we grow, and we are just better as a well whole because we learn that not everyone is the same. And this is, you know, the main thing that I struggled with uh, in Rungvas when I came back to Algeria because growing up I had always been not the outsider but I had always been surrounded by very different people uh, and we were constantly moving so that was also constantly changing and I learned to accept people as they were I was not trying to change anything they were not trying to change anything about me and this is something that I really love and I loved how different different everyone was and how each one of us was contributing to the society we were building. I mean, my high school had at least 50 nationalities and constantly we were all living together. It was really nice. So I feel like that's just a small example of it. But then coming back here to Algeria, I was overwhelmed at how similar people were and how you had these expectations to think a specific way and how you were supposed to behave a specific way and how if you didn't do this you could become an outcast and maybe this is the the main difference between a homogenous society and a more diverse one that's very you know culturally diverse traditionally diverse all of this so bottom line is um embrace differences learn from people and it's, it's a really nice experience. Change narrative, claim back your narrative and listen to other people's narratives. Exactly, yes. It is indeed like coming from a place of fear. 
I mean, embracing differences, I believe the first thing that we need to do is uh, acknowledge that these differences exist yes. because uh, looking at those differences as something that triggers us, that's where the problem begins. We should uh, reflect on them and uh, like the fact that differences exist, they matter and they are real. Acknowledging that is the first step towards a better understanding and uh, rainbows and like beautiful world uh, living in. And um, yeah, embracing that is, is indeed important. And I believe each one of us should really reflect and uh, be tolerant. It's free, we should try it. <laughs> it's free, you should try it. <laughs> yeah and honestly just you know developing a bit more on this this part of tolerance and diversity I genuinely don't understand how people can expect everyone around them to be the same because we are not the same and that's the beauty of it that's truly how things get changed how we evolve and how we grow it's because we have different opinions different thoughts different cultures, different religions, different traditions, different everything. And that's really beautiful. So I actually mm -hmm. want to challenge everyone listening to this. And maybe I know some people are listening to it as they fall asleep. <laughs> I have this one friend who before going to bed every night, she's like, I'm going to listen to your episode and fall asleep to your episode, which that's cute, honestly. Uh, but no matter what you're doing, uh, if you're driving, walking around, walking to university, doing the dishes, about to fall asleep, I want you to go out of your way today or tomorrow to experience something different, do something new, talk to someone who is your stellar opposite. Just do that. Go on social media and try to look for people from different backgrounds. And we have a lot of personalities and influences on social media so you could take a look at their narrative and the places that they're coming from go watching go watch a series from a country that you maybe don't know of or a country that you've never been to and look at how things are over there also petite parenthèse when it comes to this uh never watch the dubbed version watch the subbed version because i swear to god if you are watching foreign movies with the dubbed version i'm just going to be judging the hell out of you like no, you keep the original sound and read the trans and read the uh, subtitles like the grown up you are. So yeah, that was just me really affirming that you do not watch dubbed version. We don't do that here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really want you to go out of your way to do so. Do something different today, experiencing, experience something different. Look at a certain topic from a different perspective and see where it gets you. Maybe you are going to love it. You may dislike it and decide not to do it again, which I doubt you will. But it's good. It's an experience. It's a challenge. Go do it. You too, Majid. <laughs> I will definitely do it. <laughs> super, super. So before we end this episode... I want to ask you one last question. What are your three key takeaways on being more inclusive and accurate in media representation? 
Okay, I will take a second to answer that. So yeah. Definitely. Also, um, Spotify has a really, really cool new feature where as you're listening to the episode, you can scroll down and there's going to be a question or a poll. You can just answer that and answer that. Uh, it's really cool. It has been launched very recently. So if you're listening right now, just take a moment to scroll down and take a look at the questions that we've asked for you. Okay, so the three uh, key takeaways on being more inclusive uh, and accurate in media representation for me uh, personally would be uh, feeding our brain uh, the correct, inclusive, healthy, diverse content, watching what kind of uh, content we, we consume is highly important. The second thing uh, that I believe is highly important would be engaging into conversations and not being afraid of uh, defending a certain um, topic just because it is sensitive and standing uh, for our own understanding and embracing it. The third thing that I believe is highly important would be educating the younger generation about these topics. Uh, especially if we have young siblings, if uh, you are teachers out there educating your uh, students about those topics, um, educating our kids in the future when we become parents, uh, we will have more control of what kind of like content uh, the younger generation is introduced to, which will lead us to a better and healthier uh, environment in the future. Definitely, I really agree with this. Thank you so much, Medi. Thank you for being on today's episode. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me, Madam. I really enjoyed uh, talking about these and uh, yes, thank you. Definitely. Thank you guys for listening this far. If you've liked it, make sure to rate and review I, I never really say it before but i feel like you know it's always nice i got a few reviews on apple Podcasts, and it makes me so happy to go read them um i am doing this podcast from just because i want to honestly and i have so much fun with the whole process uh, i really have fun re-listening to the episodes and maybe that's a bit narcissistic but yeah, if you have enjoyed it, you can uh, leave a review or rate the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also connect with us on Instagram and let us know your thoughts uh, at Le Petit Monde de Mom. Everything is going to be in the show notes. If you're also listening on Spotify, you can pause for a sec and just go scroll down and answer the poll or the question that is with this episode, as well as some other episodes from season two. So yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had fun. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. And until next time, bye.